Sports Shut them down, open up shop. Whoa, no, that's how our riders roll. Stop, <laughs> drop, shut them down, open up shop. Whoa, no, that's how our riders roll. Dudes want to try, dudes want to lie, then dudes wonder why, dudes want to die. All I know is pain, all I feel is rain. How can I maintain <laughs> with match hit on my brain? I resort to violence, dudes move in silence like you don't know what our style is. New York dude's the wildest, my dudes is with it. You want it, come and get it. Took it, then we split it. You're fucking right, we did it. What the fuck we gonna do when you we run up on you <laughs> fucking with the wrong crew don't know what we gone through I'm gonna have to show dudes how easily we blow dudes pause when you find out there's some dudes that's running with your dudes nothing we can handle <laughs> break it and dismantle light up like a candle just cuz I can't stand you <laughs> put my shit on tapes like you busting grapes think you holding weight then you haven't met the apes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the TPS Reports podcast. We are rough riding into the week, into Thanksgiving weekend, you guys. Whoa. No. Uh, what's up? Term is in Florida today. Sunny FL. Sunny FL. It actually uh, hasn't been sunny. It's rained every day since I've been here. Fun. And today's the first actually nice day, so... Isn't that about a bit? Gonna wrap this up. Gonna do this. Gonna get this done with. And, yeah, wouldn't it be better uh, if we beach? didn't do this every week on the nicest day of the week? Uh, I'm oh, still no. in Chicago, home alone, sitting alone. This term's wearing a... a what is that called? A bucket hat? A bucket hat with flowers like a, on it. A furry... Bucket hat with flowers and a nerd, nerdy thick, uh, what look like eyeglasses, but they're like sunglass shape. So I look like the fu- like a fucking cool guy right now. You look like schoolboy Jew <laughs> <laughs> with my fucking anime hoodie of a show I've never watched before. Oh, you're I so get hip. so many compliments. Oh, you're so hip. I get so many compliments. On I hope they make you feel uncomfortable nuts. every time you get one because you have no idea what to say back to them. Like, oh, yeah, I love episode five. You don't know what the fuck you're wearing. Extremely uncomfortable. Hipster. I almost always tell them, uh, I try and give them a abridged story. You look like, story. You look like you know what it is, abridged? Gay la soul. <laughs> coming baby me myself and i should kill myself <laughs> me myself and irie dog because i look oont right now you look like schoolboy slime dude slime is like a uh, slime gang scum gang scum gang scum slime gang, gang. <laughs> uh so yes you told me you watched the takashi documentary yeah, talk and a little closer into your mic, or maybe I'm just not hearing you as well. Because um, I have a history of not watching the things you watched 
for yeah. this show. I think this might be the first time you ever fucking watched something. I said, hey, maybe check it out, and we'll talk about it on the pod. I, like, just watched it. I By the down. way, Lil like, Dicky's show Dave is kind of good. You should check it out still. <laughs> it's got to be light years better than this dumbass documentary. No. I mean, were you you wanted more Takashi in it. You thought they were going to talk to him. No? Like, yes and no. I just wanted less, like, dumb gay shit. The guy was, I mean, like, it's a, fucking... it's a documentary about a guy with rainbow hair. I'm gay. They tried to, like, kill this kid. And then he like flipped on them because they were gonna. The feds like showed him the tape that they were gonna kill him. So then he flipped on them. But like half the documentary is about like is his hair and his tattoos. They interview the the hairstylist yeah. and Adam Twenty Two and the, all these people. I don't know. I just hated I don't, and it. the caption of it said like uh, it said like half do- hip hop documentary or something, and then it said like half real life gangster story. And I was like, I, that made me, yeah, but I also th- read it wrong. Like I thought it was going to be one of those like half doc, half narrative, like half almost like uns- unsolved right. mystery reenactment they, type shit. They get somebody to play six, nine. Right. They were going to get someone to play him. I thought of like, what am I getting myself into? This is going to be like half. Let me reenact the six, nine story. But it wasn't that they were just like implying that he was doing real gang shit, riding with a real gang. He was a rough rider. And that was his anthem. Gummo. <laughs> how we roll i just I, hate it. I didn't like anything about it uh the documentarian himself was just he did lame. okay but he yeah he was like as a guy who's made some documentary pieces and stuff like i thought he did an okay job but he was a little like it's like this is the guy who's going to report on like the six nine gang saga is, is this guy right. um, this dork and then i don't know just like watching people like with all this production value and they're like you know like devoting all this time and energy and and then like the nothing that they're talking about it was just irritating yeah well that's, so, that's like, what he's done I he's done nothing what you, rainbow hair you made a two-hour like, movie a bunch of people came in to get their hair rainbow hair i made a two-hour what movie we, what are we talking about about a guy who like did nothing he made some songs and basically trolled internet shit like he did nothing he's, he's a nobody but he did ev- he's a somebody like there's not much to say uh, about it so yeah that's a little it's a, it's drawn out for two hours of like uh right. The saga, the the life story about of a guy who's in his twenties. Six nine's undeniable talent. Like, I did. Here, here's the thing, because I, I fucking think this dude stinks, and you've always been like, oh, he's the shit. I love him, right? You're a fan. I think he's funny. I I like him, but his music is trash. It's garbage. Right, and you can see how inauthentic it is because he's being pretty transparent in the movie about, or like, you know, they they're using audio clips of an interview from like two or three years ago, and that's like the six yes. nine you hear, and he's and he denied yeah, them in interview. He sounds honestly, he like he talks like a smart dude, you know, like in those audio clips, and but you can see how fake that shit is because he's saying like I tried this and it didn't work, but so then I'm like I'm gonna go face tat, and then like. Uh, the aggression angle in my music, I noticed that working, and like young kids eat that up, like you know, yep. and it, you can just—he's just picking his lane. He's like, "All right, this is gonna work. I gotta yell, I gotta be aggressive, I gotta shout the n word in front of a bunch of black dudes are we, in Harlem." Are we gonna pretend that he's like the only one who thinks that way and, no. and moves no. that way? And you know why he's not the only one that thinks that way is because he's right. Because kids do love looking at the fucking like gangster shit and then wanting their own grills and gold chains and just i don't know listening to nwa and shit like i we all went through like that phase too is just we, we always say it about being rappers and like what it's the, the most 
interesting thing to a suburban white kid is that the farthest from your life angle that there is, which is like what Takashi does or what like gangster rap is. So it's interesting because right. it's like, this isn't my life at all. It's like watching black porn, you know? It's like, I don't have a big black dick, but today I do, like in my head, because I'm, I'm watching this. Right. It's like, the it's like same watching thing. Anthony Bourdain <laughs> go to another country and eat like snails or and big black dicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be gay? Fine. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, that here's uh, yeah. Takashi stinks. His music stinks. He's a bozo, right? He's got bozo hair. He's a clown. But uh, everybody, even like the gang members they talk to, and, and and collaborators, and like literally like family and the Treyway extended, whoever those folks are, they all like they. Everybody was like, uh, you know, he dropped a video and it was doing like tens of millions. Like he was, you know, he hit this lightning in a bottle, right? And then like a month later, he's dropping another one, and we're like, yo, why don't you like chill on that? You know, let that one have its time. It's still rolling. And then he just had like video a month you know, month after month after, for like, he, he had four huge songs with huge videos in like five or six months. And they, that's like that Tom McDonald role. This fucking guy is a new song out every month now. He's like the new, he, you know, Takashi got locked up or whatever, and then Tom McDonald swooped in for his spot. Um, but like, uh, as, again, just looking at it as a guy who's made shit like this, music videos, documentary, whatever, it's like all of those dudes are saying like the video hustle that was all him. Like he had people helping his gangster image and stuff, but like it seemed like Even he was kind, he's kind of a prolific like uh, content creator as far as you know having video ideas and wrangling, uh, you know, kind of like directing his own shit. Like it's not that easy to do. It is. It kind of you know stand in front of the camera and rap and then tell yourself to do it again. Like that's directing yourself in a music video. But he did some pretty fucking like. Huge shit I don't know. I was for a dumbbell. At the one guy who was like, he seems like he had like uh, a video. He almost like uh, uh, the opposite, Lil Dicky, but the same. Like how Trump and Bernie were both the two guys you believed, even though they were talking different sides of the of the spectrum. Right. You know, it's like I don't know. I kind of believe that Takashi could could maybe have a really uh, like a, a well of talent that uh, honestly he hasn't really even used yeah. right yet. Like maybe in ten years from now, he's doing some other shit in a video creative realm and it might be fucking interesting because he does have I, I like think so all right i'm trying i'm trying to give him benefit of the doubt here but you know what fuck him he stinks i think he could be in that realm but he would still be i think making things that i'm like not impressed by i was so annoyed with the one dude right i'm impressed like, by uh, the hustle to make the things but not the things he made so far exactly there's one guy in the thing who's talking about like and then danny came to meet danny is six nine's real name he's like Daniel he came to Hernandez. me that that whole video that was his idea he came to me with the treatment like he's talking about him like he's some brilliant right. young upstart director by the way i like, do that treatment? shit i i came to you with the paralyzed treatment and and like you know right. the fucking last Which one is we did much <laughs> more of a treatment than the video they're talking about of his right it's them standing in a fucking train doing gun signs at the the camera what treatment i invented a goddamn voodoo dance for our video no one talks about guy, it <laughs> There's legit a guy eating a chicken wing, and the dude who's talking about that the music part video pissed was me like, off. "Yo, that brother with the chicken wing, he looked like angry. Yo, he he curated that. He's like, like that was scary. Brought, He's like that scared you, some, pussy. <laughs> some guy brought a chicken wing to a fucking video shoot and ate it while the camera was rolling. It's not that crazy. It's not that impressive. Right? It's they highlighted that, that element of the video like it was fucking Citizen Kane. Like, yo, he, he bites got, the wing and it's scary looking." 
some some guy shoots up meth into his arm in the video, and they treat Takashi like Abel Ferreira directing <laughs> Bad Lieutenant in 1992. Like, relax. Yeah. This is not brilliant. This You're is right. scumbag. Right, and like like I said, the content, the, what I'm looking at in the video, not that impressed by, but knowing what goes on on the other side of the camera and like to make a... a a video like yeah i guess he, he wrote a treatment and, and it stunk but he kept doing it like every month he had some new fucking video out that did like mm. 50 million on world star and whatever so hey good for him i'm impressed by where do you get a lamborghini we've made a lot of music videos and they're, and they're just so easily this kid's like a fucking broke new york high school kid and he's renting lamborghinis for his music videos like we might even have like i don't know how much it costs to rent a lamborghini but let's say we had like saved money for video projects and stuff i would i wouldn't even know where to start i would like i guess a lamborghini rent a dealership <laughs> but it's like i yeah, especially at age 17, as much as like I might watch MTV jams and shit, I'm not thinking about renting Lamborghinis. So that's that hustle I'm talking about. That's what the one thing that like I could give him credit for. I could I could see myself giving him like a hey, you know, that's not always easy, especially for some fucking some gangster kid or wannabe gangster kid who who actually manifested that. And now he like like Andrew Dice Clay or somebody, you just forget where the line is between Daniel and and 69. You know, you make up like this character that isn't really you in your heart of hearts, and then like you don't, you lose yourself in the moment. Right. You own it, you know, you know, to go. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's that. Watch Six Nine on Hulu. Uh, and in the end, I found it funny how they're talking. Like uh, I'm supposed to sympathize for the Treyway guys. They're like, "Yo, Shotty's Shotty's in jail for 14 years. That's fucked up, bro." Uh, and then they show like his sister or somebody like slow mo like lighting a backwoods like oh poor girl right smoking her backwoods Alone. in a trap house she doesn't have anyone to pass it to anymore <laughs> how, how fucked up that the guy who tried to contract a murder is in jail for fourteen years uh, anyways we watched that so you haven't done shit else in Florida yet um not a whole bunch I tried to I tried to write a fucking rap. The other day, when's the last time oh, you wrote no. a rap, dude? Comeback? <laughs> yeah, like no, 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 a rap. Something uh, our fans I enjoyed. Wrote, um, <laughs> I wrote a verse like a couple weeks ago on a dro beat that he sent me, oh, and I thought nice. it was pretty dope. But you know, yeah, it has no purpose yet. This is like uh, it's. I've been in this funk before where it's like and i even said in a recent podcast about how everything's falling apart in a lot of ways and you got to just start over i gave myself the rest of the year to not really worry about fucking uh verses kind of the same yeah yeah i want to like just set the field to like fix our you know the things that are broken we have like hardware that's broken software doesn't work we need to figure some shit out so instead of trying to do uh, that uh, and like, country yeah we have a country <laughs> that's on the fritz it needs to heal a lot of that we need we need to heal <laughs> um but yeah, I uh, I sat down and I'm just like, honestly, I was in like a rare good mood this week. The fucking studio computer came. I it still has. I ordered one thing yesterday. I, we need like one extra little thing right. uh, that's missing from this operation before I feel like it's going to be um, back up and running. But by the time you're home, we should be able to fucking you know move these tie dye hoodies and work on some music. And again, maybe not. Take the fucking holidays and we'll start again uh, whenever later. But yeah. 
I've been through um, plenty of phases or cycles where I'm like, I'm writing all the time. Earlier this year, dude, we knocked out a few collabs. We wrote some stuff. We wrote, like, I was every day, every other day sitting down and writing. And, like, you get on that, like, chain of creativity. And, like, you don't have much this day, but then you open it up the next day and you get a little more. And then next thing you know, like, you're rolling. I am not rolling right now. (laughs) I, like, sit down. Drow beat. Again, I found one that I, I didn't even realize he sent. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. Let me... I was like, in, I'm like inspired, but not like I'm inspired. I'm in a good mood to like go work, which is hard enough to even find that lately. And then like I go do it and I sit there for an hour, two hours, like nothing. I like, ty- I'm, you know, like literally like you look up at the TV and someone's wearing like a flat brimmed hat. And then I start thinking like, what rhymes with flat brimmed hat? Act. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> pathetic. Problem with, <laughs> like uh, with the state of the world and everything that we're all kind of uh, in the same boat. I feel like that's that's one of the uh, preventatives from for us like coming up with new shit is like uh, it's impossible to not talk about what everyone else is talking about because everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. And when everyone's talking about the same Generally. thing and they feel like I guess the same about it, which is bad. No matter what side you're on of anything, it's like no one's looking super optimistically. I don't know. Maybe there is some sort of like cosmic. Universe, that, that's why it's hard to get out of a funk like when everyone's in a funk you know like that's a right. reminder this year that's like it's not unique to to my year being shitty and unproductive like everybody's going most people are going through a similar you know struggle or whatever but that's the thing Maybe. like they also say like meditating in groups you know is different than meditating alone and you achieve like a higher level because you're like attached to the consciousness of so many more people engaged in a similar th- feeling around you like what if that's happening now but with just depression because everybody's stuck and broke oh totally and And now it's like i'm I'm just in a building with people i don't even know but we're all depressed so now like i can't be inspired because no one else is inspired in this fucking city you know maybe this is like a reverse group meditation maybe we're missing out on a market uh where we should be oh now we should be like uh pro pro covid provid yeah uh i don't know try and find the the Never like not even find the silver linings. Just go like full board. Uh, I like COVID and I like that people are dying. I love the idea. <laughs> I love the idea. Uh, I Why feel don't like we let a, the a COVID decide? Yeah, everybody must hit these fucking lows and highs, and like I've—that's why I, I know I'll get through it because I've—I've I've been here before where I literally it gets to the point where I'm just like I should, I'm done. I'm done with ideas. Like. I'm so I, um, out of ideas, I'll never have another one. So I hope you liked With or Without It and come back because that's the end. That's the last most, chapter of my good ideas. I'll be my back, My most you guys. recent rhyme writing uh, was inspired by a fan who DM'd me. And they – I don't even remember, like, why. Uh, they said something about, like, prosthetics. I might have said prosthetic something on mm-hmm. a podcast recently or something. And then he said, like, have you ever rhymed that? And I was like, I, I probably you with all the shit that we said. Uh, but then that just like on the uh, on the spot inspired me to write. Uh, I'm a prophetic man. I never get shook like a prosthetic hand. And then I was like, that's not bad. And then I went and wrote like a few more bars attached to it. But it it came nowhere out of like me thinking I need to write and I should right. sit down and think. And that's what I want to get back to. And that's like the best feeling when you just feel like truly inspired like that. Cause like not, I'm at the level of inspired to where I want to like ask for help, like go on Twitter and be like, yo, give me something to rap about. 
but that's not being Kinda. all that right when like like the prosthetic thing i've done that before i've gone like and I'll, I'll probably do it again this week if i'm really trying to spend more time sitting with these beats but yeah it was just like you sit there uninspired just like staring at the page and then i started thinking of like yeah i was writing a lot in like april and may june i'm like trying to find the where i fell off the cliff you know uh but yeah this whole back end of the year is not much going on but studios coming together what in say? April, May, and June, there was like a newness to these conditions that made it that uh, made it easier to find something to write about. Whereas and now it's just like it was the, out of a little bit more. Me. Sorry, it was it was out of a little bit more like like panic too of like all right, well we were planning to tour and there was going to be money in that like good money and now where what do we do instead so we were like let's let's make a song about this shit let's do a couple of features you know we like or like we just finished up a couple loose end things uh and started a few new things just because it was like it was scary it was like i don't know what the fuck and now we're also the the, uh blind optimism um probably more so my end of assuming that this would be over relatively soon like let's write yeah. some stuff for when this is over in a couple months didn't i say the first week we did a podcast under these yep. lockdowns that it would be done you in know like what i was just thinking about weeks. was <laughs> when we posted that video where you were holding archie and we were basically announcing that we won't be having our show in in march because yes. of all this and we were like it's going to be postponed but at the time the state was saying like a few weeks of lockdown and then even the venue was like all right well it's march now they're going to make us stay in for a few weeks but by good measure like let's do this at the end of may and i remember saying like in that video but so not believing it just saying like hey we're, we're going to reschedule in may when this should all be over you know like i said something like when the, we should we should be good by may but like, I didn't believe the words I was saying. That's what the venue told me to say. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way it's a, a global pandemic. It'll be over in a couple of weeks. Everybody says it'll be fine." So, global pandemic over in two weeks. Let's listen to the professionals here. Uh, yeah, it didn't work out. In fact, I feel like people are going to be wearing masks indefinitely, or like for fucking a decade. I'm not that. I, I'm not quite that. Uh, Maybe I not think, a decade. You know, Might be hyperbolic, but I think I think right now, right now. Wear the mask. A year I'm, from now, no more masks. Like I'm in Florida. I mean, I think if you want to wear a mask, go ahead and wear a mask. Uh, it's tricky when you start like enforcing that others who don't want to have to. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Florida right now where even though there are signs on most businesses that say to wear a mask, it's not mandatory. Um. You know, you kind of just go into a business and you look around for that one guy who isn't, and then that's your okay to take it off. And that's that's the <laughs> lane I'm in. Um, but yeah, I think uh, regardless of the the virus, uh, the vaccines working or whatever over the next year, I think yes, there there probably will for at least three, two, three years, three there to will five. be people. Uh, there will be people who just voluntarily. Uh, are going to continue wearing it and that and that's you know we've talked about it at nauseum uh you know i think that there's a whole range of uh psychologies that that play into the fact that you know so i think some people like like to wear the mask i think we have like a victimhood sort of culture in this country and that that kind of plays into some people's like i get to be a victim everywhere i go this is a perfect excuse for those who love you know playing the victim for any reason like everybody's a victim of this this year right and we discussed they play it up a lot harder 
we discussed this a few weeks ago, and you kind of also brought uh, into it that like it's it's kind of like a a paradox of uh, you get to play the victimhood card and at the same time play the savior card of like look at what I'm doing to save lives. Right. You know, I'm a hero and the victim. And and you know, Americans also I said before I just love uh, being given something where they can like take a higher moral ground than someone else and then condescend to them. They're like, I'm, I'm wearing the mask. So I'm a better person than you. This gives people, and this is something where they can like take their fucking YouTube or Facebook comment diatribe that they do every fucking day home alone. Anyways, like now they can do it out on the sidewalk, like, and the States kind of encouraging that in their head of like, Hey, if you see someone without a mask in public, you should be hollering at them. (laughs) Like, it's like, well, that's normally the type of dog shit you see in a comment section on the internet, and now it's real life. Because Yeah, I remember very early on, my brother shared me a video of a woman in a grocery store, I want to say in New York, and she wasn't wearing a mask, and everyone in the store was like yelling at her and pointing at the exit, like demanding she leave. This was before there was any... Uh, even like citywide mask mandates. And I remember seeing it and thinking like, that's weird. That's like weird mob mentality group think that this, like this lady's not allowed to do her shopping because everyone else in the store disapproves of the way that she's going about it. And the way she's going about it is the way that we've all gone about it our whole lives. And now I don't think that anyone would even bat a lash at that video. Most people I think would be like, good fucking bitch lady. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, we're doing it again. You know, we're just do- we're just talking about masks and the coronavirus again. So, but it, it's really like a, like I said a few weeks ago, condescension. I think is like becoming a new American pastime. I saw a post the other day of like um, Senator Grassley, who's a Republican who led the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee hearings on Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. Uh, he tested positive, and they were like, in 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 like two sentences, they were like, "This man lacks compassion." In the first sentence, uh, Senator Grassley lacks compassion, and then in the next sentence, they were like, "I hope he gives COVID to Lindsey Graham, and they both die." <laughs> like, who who lacks compassion now? I don't know. Right. You know, uh, but glass yeah, houses. Throwing COVID nineteen is a boring subject. And well, it is a little fucked up when people like wh- wh- who is it? Uh, Gavin Newsom. What was going on with him yes. this week? Like telling Eating everybody to fucking cancel Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm in charge. I said cancel Thanksgiving. No, d- avoid your family. Avoid your friends. Don't sit next to people. Stay outside. And then he goes and sits at a table with a bunch of people. There's photographs. He's not wearing a mask. He lied about it. He said it was outside, socially distanced. He's sitting shoulder to shoulder with people. And it's like, hey, you're just having dinner, but. You wouldn't. It, it, this is all stemmed from you being the fucking guy telling everybody what to do. You know, it's like when Cosby got his. It's like, oh, you're gonna talk to us and tell us to pull our pants up. Well, guess what, motherfucker, <laughs> we got you. So that's just. That, and again, the trickling down to like the just the ground level from that. They're setting the example, which is like, fuck you. Uh, you know, I'm. We all have to go through it, but me a little less. <coughs> you know, I have special privileges, so just listen to me, and I'm gonna do whatever I want. Yes, no, rules that's part of the for fucking problem the, too. Not for me. Um, I went to a um, dispensary in Illinois for the first the time. The worst. Wow, dude. I hope you. I hope you left with nothing 
because they don't deserve your business. Nothing in my pockets. <laughs> that fucking state tax. <laughs> Nothing in my wallet. Yeah. Holy and shit, one dude. one joint. This all started, too, as like, um, and uh, whatever. It's not like it's, uh, oh, my God, I got ripped. But I did. And, like, <laughs> this was like uh, off. my girlfriend and I are just, yeah, bored. And this is like a get out of the house. We went into the suburbs to go get, like, food near where Melina grew up. And then there was a dispensary near there, too. So we're like, let's go. We took Arch it's with so us. so weird. Uh, Woodfield Mall, one of our, the malls we grew up going to, now yeah. has a pot store in it. It's so weird. Really? To me. I didn't know that. We used to get high and go to Woodfield and be paranoid. Like, so we can go to Woodfield and leave high. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway. Um, but this was just like, a, let's get out of the house and do something. Even though do something is like, all right, let's go, I guess, you know, waste money. But it was like, let's go. Do, I, I'm going to go uh, buy a cartridge, right? I have this fucking pen, which is another thing. It's like this cartridge doesn't even really fit in it. It's like haphazardly, like precariously, yes. like just sitting on it for me to hit it. And it's I'm like, God a damn little it. smoke like creeps out from the base. Yeah. And then I got like a disposable CBD one to one THC CBD thing, which is great. I love this. It's like there's like there's so little in it, but it's just such a like. Such a like, you know, it doesn't fuck you up like a fully right. loaded indica cartridge or something. But anyway, uh, how many hundreds of dollars did that run you? Yeah, those are the I, I got two items. I got a cartridge and this other disposable little stick. And it was like $140. Oh, my God. It was like $140. And I wanted to get more. I had to like leave shit on the counter and like take items off the belt of like, all right, put this one back because <laughs> the tax, dude. And I've bought like a like a like a pre roll joint at a dispensary, let's say in Oregon or something, like we've been to on Last the road. Last time when we Denver. were on the road with Stevie, uh, we were heading into Oregon and three we for run, ran out of weed. It was like this isn't the best we were, shit. Three for ten pre rolls. I was like, yeah, give me that. We were like just over the border. I found a dispensary. It's open until ten. It's nine forty right now. We'll be there in ten minutes. And we got in for like twelve dollars. We got three joints. Yeah. And that's like, I, I have that memory, even though I knew, like, I remember we talked about this a year ago when they, you know, when Illinois went recreational and we looked at the, the pricings of it and we're like, dude, look at this. Eighths are like $65, like one joint, one pre-roll, $20 plus tax, plus tax. Yes. So it's like 25 it, for a fucking joint. The, um, and people are frequenting by these. my, right. The dispensary by my apartment I went to and they have different prices for medical and for rec. Medical's a little cheaper. So I'm I'm uh, one first thing that I don't like that weirds me out, but I understand because we're in Chicago uh, is that when you walk in there is no weed. There's it's just like desks. Like you're buying insurance or something. You sit at some lady's desk and then she flips a tablet around and you you look at a menu on a tablet. Now I get that in Chicago, if they just had like weed all over the place, like at other dispensaries, that someone would probably just come in with guns blazing and fucking rob them or whatever. Which I guess they could still do anyway. Uh, but first, I found that weird. Then I sit down, and she accidentally had shown me the medical menu. So I picked out two joints, two tiny joints, half gram joints for yeah. 15 bucks. These are actually which, too intense for you. you oh, here's your menu. <laughs> well, and two tiny half gram joints for 15 bucks is still like pretty pricey for standards in like Oregon and California and Colorado. Mm. But I'm like, fuck it. I, I kind of felt the same way as you. I just want to, I'm out of the house. I wanted to do something. I have no weed. This will be 
interesting. It was still like a day well spent. It was a good idea to get the fuck out of the house. But and I'm not even like you know I'm smoking these things. I'm not. I kind of like the little CBD stick. I'm like oh, I wish I'd have got another one of these instead of that fucking overpriced cartridge for my pen that doesn't even fit it. You know. But still, that was like that. That was thirty bucks or something. It, the total right. should have been. It, even this is crazy to say. To say it should have been like a hundred dollars, which it shouldn't have been. It should have been fucking forty for what I got. You yes. know, it should have been so much less. But Illinois standards, without tax, it should have been like a hundred ninety-five, and then the, they hit you with the tax bullshit, and it's crazy. So I won't be doing that very much. But no, uh, uh, yeah, I'll so drive like, over I'd state lines to fucking save myself the the money. I'll just buy pot. Put it in my gas my, tank. My dealer. Uh, when I wanted the f- two joints, the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. I showed you the medical one. And then she shows me the, the rec menu and it was like one joint for what came out to be like 32 bucks. Right. It's insane. I like scoffed in her face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. Well, you know, Ed, Ed hooked I'll, it up I'll so go good. Home and fucking resin hit an old pipe. Exactly. I was like, I'm well, still that guy. Ed hooked it up so good like this this year uh, with some weed bags. It's like I, I saved 140 bucks. I can go I, I take this to the dispensary and see what to do. This with is it. true. We are spoiled <laughs> Thank at the you, same Ed. time. Ed. Uh, but that was the hardest part too, spending money on something where it's like I, I got some of this. Like I I can I can get high at home already. Why am I doing I can, this? Why am I spending money? I can legitimately drive to a guy's house and he'll give me a half ounce for free. <laughs> Hey! Oh, we can drive to I'm sure multiple guys' house and get that deal all around the country. Um, so the only other thing I saw that I uh, didn't know if it was worth mentioning is that there's some like um, the Pope has some scandal right now, and there's like an investigation what? to some like He's social. He's a good one. Well, no, here's what happened. Um, actually, I'll find an article. Pope and see what I find. Oh, yeah, just, just search the Pope and see what the first article is for me. Pope Francis hosts NBA players to talk social justice. Oh, no, that's not what I'm looking at. It's it, Today, he's meeting with a bunch of today. NBA players, so that's all I'm finding. Um, No, the thing I saw, they're, they're already just brushing right past it. Um, it's been totally brushed under the rug because I don't see anything. It's not that big of a deal, first of all. It's a Vatican asks Instagram to get to the bottom of Pope accounts lingerie he model liked, like. He liked a lingerie model's photo. Right. Now I see it. It says the Vatican is seeking an explanation from Instagram after an official account of Pope Francis liked a photograph of a lingerie-clad Brazilian model. A photograph of model Natalia Garibato, uh, who was dressed in schoolgirl-style undergarments, was liked what? by Francis's verified not- account. Here, the New York Post will have the picture. Oh, I, show me the picture. <laughs> it oh, is unclear when the photograph, which shows uh, Garibato's skimpily clad buttocks, uh, was More first like, like Butto. Look at that. Oh my God! Look, I would be. I would invest. I would investigate if he didn't like it. Like, what's the matter with you? What? Okay, that's an awesome photo, and everyone likes it. First of all, <laughs> um. It's unclear when the photograph, which shows her butt, was first liked, but the interaction was visible on November 13th before being unliked the next day. Uh, Now the Vatican said it's trying to get to the bottom of the incident. I think I got to the bottom of it. I think the Pope saw a button double tapped, you know? Like, there's an investigation at the Vatican. It's like, nah, dude, the old man was on Instagram, didn't know what he was doing. 
Saw this girl's insane ass. Skimpily clad buttocks. I'm sorry. I would be... I would assume... Uh, that the Pope does not run his own Instagram account. I would assume that too. And whoever does run it is probably let's let's guess younger than the Pope. Absolutely, it's probably like He's a probably like, a, like a guy our age, maybe. It's like, hey, here, here's, take this phone, kid. You know what to do with the phone. Like, get some get the Pope running numbers over here. As much as I would like to see, I would like to imagine the Pope spanking it to his his iPhone with his iPhone in his other hand. Um. It's probably that he has a you would young like to see that? staff, kind of a young staff member who <laughs> runs his social media and has his own social media. Yes, I started connected. my I started my Acumental Instagram this year, and so it's like a sort of a newer thing for me. Just like this intern who it's like, hey, you got your socials, and now you're uh, running the Vatican social media. It's like um, the platform there's too. this. I've forgotten which one I was logged into. I was liking people as Palmer Squares when I thought it was Acumental. I don't know. Right. There's this guy who is a Trump supporter uh, who has a burner account uh, as a, a, with like a cartoon black guy avatar. And the black guy avatar account would claim to be a gay black Republican. Uh, and it was all like a burner account owned by this white dude, Trump supporter guy. And he he forgot to switch his accounts, and then he tweeted how I'm a gay Republican, I'm a gay black Republican, uh, but not on the burner account, and he was exposed for it. Uh, it and I don't know, it just blows my mind that the time and energy that people put into uh, trying to convince people, uh, uh, you know, to you know follow their political stances. Sorry, I'm- this guy went. Are you looking for it? Are you looking for I'm a gay? Just search gay black Republican. No, I'm looking at Natalia Garibato's Instagram. <laughs> um, and it is nice. Is she giving the honey loaf a run oh, for her come money? come on, dude. Fuck. Yeah, dude, you got to like up and down this fucking page. I'll I'll be a I'll become a Christian again if he just admits he fucking liked it. Like that's my guy, that's my leader. I got that tattooed right here on the old arm, <laughs> my man. All right, well this podcast is falling apart. <clears throat> it just blows my mind that uh that people would go as far as to like create uh, a fake account of like the mythical person who who they think exists out there that would kind of like prove. Or convince someone of, of their political beliefs. There's like one gay black Republican dude who does things for like Turning Point USA and, and all those Republican things. So this one dude saw that guy and was like, they really do exist. Uh, but I don't know any. So I so he went and made a fake. He, he invented a fake one, created a fake one uh, to go to go make tweets about and, and to, to like retweet himself. I think that's like a, a special uh, like category of delusional psychosis. Yeah, like <laughs> any sort of any sort of fake account, catfishing. Uh, like I, I feel a little odd having more than one account that is me. Like I have Ecumenal Palmer Squares and also like the Junkyard Samurai, which I don't really do much with or not. I made um, I made a fake account 
a couple of weeks ago we were talking about pal talk and when I used to listen to Opie and Anthony every day on, on the chat rooms. Right. And every October, Opie and Anthony would do this thing called Jocktober, where they would every day they would pick a new like morning zoo radio show that they would goof on. And by goof on, uh, you mean like verbally abuse until all their listeners went and like uh, spammed yeah. their Facebook well, page and shit. They would verbally abuse them and play clips and, and shit on them and everything. But uh, me, the listeners, the chat room listeners, the pal talkers, we used to call ourselves the pests, uh, the Opie and Anthony pests. So what the pests would do is the second that they would tell what show they're going to talk about today, we would go find their Facebook and we would post just disgusting, violent, <laughs> sexual, gay imagery. Uh, <laughs> maybe some that are all three or four. And like within a matter of, we would like pride ourselves on how quickly we can get their Facebook shut down. And it was an ultimate feather in your cap if they shut the Facebook down themselves. You right. know? So in order they would to just do preemptively that, remove it as soon as they heard someone was talking about them. Yes. Uh, or just as soon as we put so many like faces of death pictures or like fucking hardcore gay porn <laughs> pictures all over their site that like they couldn't manage to delete all these comments. So they would just delete their page. Um, and so I created a, a, a fake account or a burner account, if you will, to do that as to not get. Our, to one, not get our account suspended. Two, because the views being expressed by me uh, on those days might not have been the views of the Palmer Squares. Uh, <laughs> but I never took that fake account and then went and like went to one of the Palmer Squares videos and then commented like, "This shit slaps, yo!" Like went and patted my own back as a as another fake user. To me, that's just like crazy. Right. I've had um, not only I've had somebody tell me this like as a something I should do, but also read as like um, you know ways to get your shit out there, ways to boost your Instagram and stuff, and like that is one of them that's on the list that I've had yep. somebody consult me to try, which is make fake Palmer Squares accounts and get interactive Here's on those that draws people into my our official account or something, and I was like, no, never gonna do that. Here's how you get 10,000 no! followers. No! no. Make 10,000 fake accounts and then follow, follow you. yourself <laughs> with all of them. That's how you get 10,000 followers. And, is, and back to your point, that's psychotic. Anybody who's doing this with like two fake accounts, let alone 2,000, 10,000, uh, it's weird. People are weird. Moving on. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do this exactly, but let's give her a shot, shall we? Let's move right along. Smooth. Highly recommended. Woo. This week's Woo. highly recommended. Little Ashley Schaefer Chevrolet. This week's highly recommended album comes from none other than Eddie Hazel, Game, Dames, and Guitar Things. Damn. First half of that album title sounded very hip-hop. Fucking nice. Game, Dames, 
It is the debut album of Parliament Funkadelic lead guitarist Eddie Hazel, and his only album until his death in 1992, uh, which was then followed by several posthumous releases. Eddie Hazel is the Funkadelic and P-Funkadelic guitar player uh, whose who's most known work by far... Is wearing a diaper? Is, the, <laughs> is it that No, guy? he's not the diaper guy. Oh, okay. He's not the diaper guy. Uh, he is, though, the Funkadelic guitar player who does the 10-minute guitar solo on Maggot Brain. Word. Which, um... Yo, that's right. I think it, it's... It's been on a lot of lists as like one of the greatest uh, guitar solos of all time. That's what's up, dude. That just actually reminded me of something. On the way, when we were driving to that dispensary, I had this idea because we were listening to music. Had one of my gay poetic ideas where I was like, what if I did uh, like, but that's a perfect example. Like the the maggot brain. I was going to say, this is like a non, this is a, a, a foofy non-rap idea, but like an interlude, right? I was thinking, we were listening, um, the song California Dreamin' came on. And I was Eddie Hazel's California Dreamin' or no, Mamas OG, and the Papas? Mamas and the Papas. And then that flute solo at the end. Like that, you know. There were, sure. And I'm listening to that, and I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, this, this is legendary, you know? Like, it just is. I was like, this is a fucking legendary flute solo, or just, like, piece of music, this song, you know? Um, and then I'm like, oh, rapper brain, I'm like, how do I make a reference? Like, I'm, a, I'm legendary like this. I'm as legendary as this, or whatever. Um, but then I'm like, what, wouldn't it be cool to just do, like, a... You can answer... Don't, don't answer this question. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool to do, like, a poem, where it's just, like... Like personifying all the most legendary moments in music, and kind of being like, you know, I'm legendary. I'm the flute solo in California Dreamin'. I'm, I'm the only thing on Mariah Carey's Christmas wish list. I'm the dootin' dootin' doo doo into the high note on loving you. I'm legendary. I'm the pause before Nate says smoke weed every day. You know, like I'll pick all these moments and then just keep kind of hitting it with the I'm legendary. Music is legendary. I am music, man. But like I was trying to just think of like uh song based references and just legendary you know uh, i'm the i'm the first two notes of fur elise on repeat you know shit like that mm -hmm. uh i'm the i'm the bop 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 in sweet caroline i'm mike's moonwalk i'm the sound of silence and then start thinking like uh th things that you know this is this is just me maybe a fan can con contribute to my poem as i trip over my own tongue Call in right in with the most legendary fuck. Everybody knows it, right? Like everybody knows. But better, better, better. Fucking flute solo in California Dreaming. Um, what else? I need to work on my list. But then I was thinking you can get all like references, like you know, I'm the I am, I'm legend. <laughs> I am the timpanies in Du Hast Mish. But then you could get all you know lingual with it about like I'm the bad moon rising after a sunny afternoon. I'm kinky, something like just start working in fucking things that connect moon, sun, song titles about like the mother of this and the father of and the son of who, you know, John Mayer and daughters. Like and you just start, you just start fucking finding connections. But I'm like, I was just trying to sort through like the most legendary, every cliche, right? Cliche, fucking Michael Jackson moonwalking cliche levels of legendary music shit. And then maybe that was where I was trying to draw inspiration of uh, recently 
for like a lyrical idea. I was like, let me think of every fucking thing that everybody will know. Like, oh yeah, I know that song and I know that. Like everybody knows this shit. Just kind of highlight um, the most iconic fucking little parts of songs. Like again, like the the pause right before smoke weed every day. Like you gotta wait. I am the. I am the (laughs) that Michael Jackson let out as he busted a nut in a 10 year old's ass. Okay. Well, maybe dial it back. (laughs) Um, Mike, not you. uh, Eddie Hazel's games, dames and guitar. Thangs. I'm legendary. Is pretty legendary. Uh, It's got two. um, It's got two things that I've talked about before uh, that I, that I, particularly love which is black artists playing white songs or white artists musics uh that opening song was eddie hazel's cover of california dreamin uh i i just love when black artists play white artist songs they they make it their own they make it a whole new song they 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 greet it with uh like a whole new approach and they make it their own style no, they take Not it back right. is what they do. It's like you stole rock from us. Yes. You, you became the Beatles, and now we're reclaiming it, and we're going to make it fucking rock better. Not to say that a white artist isn't capable of doing that, but they do it way less. Um, and then this this album also has more particularly a black artist covering a Beatles song, uh, which which they just do way better, way more justice. Uh, it's got an, an awesome version of the Beatles' "I Want You." She's so heavy, uh, with a, a killer guitar solo. Uh, Bootsy Collins plays bass on the album. Um, I found this part interesting because we actually have a fan who listens every week and told me that he has every album I've recommended he's bought on vinyl. What? It's crazy. No, he's lying. Uh, here I am, like nervous every week uh, when I when I do when I choose an album. Uh, maybe thinking that I'm like boring people or that I'm not getting like doing the album justice. Me, I with think my it commentary. too every week. <laughs> right, and then much to my surprise, there's uh, not only is there someone out there who's taking these recommend recommendations. He's building a collection. Uh, he's fucking paying money. For the vinyls of these albums, this that guy I'm can't get enough of you and and what you do, man. Uh, I think the only one that he has not bought was the Al Green "Lay It Down." Uh, for some reason, you can only find like a hundred something dollar version of that on vinyl from like one source. Damn. Uh, and I think this is going to be the second one that he can't acquire because. Um, where is it here? Games, Dames, and Guitar Thangs. This is from the Wikipedia of this album. Uh, was cut out soon after its release and became extremely rare. Owning a copy earned one a measure of prestige among P-Funk fans. In fact, this is crazy, a 1994 episode of the television series Homicide, Life on the Street involved a shooting motivated by one character's destruction of another character's copy of Game, Dames, and Guitar Thanks. People are killing for this album. Damn. Um, I found one copy on eBay, and it is $600. 
Oh my God, it's factory sealed. Well, then tell this guy to just go buy the $600 one. It's right there. Six bills. Um, this is crazy. Really even a, even a CD that shit, is like dude. 80 bucks. You pay $600 for a record. Either you never listen to it or you wear it out. <laughs> you listen to it every day. Uh, some guy has a poster of the album. It's not even a, a record for $2,500. Yikes. Retarded. Who's going to buy that? You know what's a lot less ex- uh, expensive than that? I've... <laughs> it's a good segue. Overpriced weed from the store? <laughs> no, our album, with or without it, on vinyl, we're knocking $5 off for Black Friday weekend, you guys. It get, is, get a it $20 is ex- record. Don't waste it your is time much with these $2,500 posters. It is much less expensive to buy our album. Also rare. They're not going to be around forever. And this Friday, it's even much or less expensive because we're taking five dollars off for Black Friday. What's up? And we're gonna run that through the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, if you haven't got a record, or if you want to get one as a gift for somebody, do it then because you can save yourself uh, a few bucks. And then again, never listen to it or listen to it every fucking day. I've been physically abused in the ear. Saturday and Sunday just got black too. Um. Well, let's do some fan questions. That is that is the album. Go listen, Eddie Hazel. Did you, you said you wrangled a question or two. We could start there, and then I, I got a voicemail. Wrangle. I did okay. wrangle a couple questions. Let's go. Let's see what Let's we go. got here. What do we got? Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. It is obvious the squares enjoy pop culture from movies to television. I did watch the American Music Awards last night. <laughs> I did watch the Takashi 69 documentary, so... Consider me cultured. Um, do you guys draw any inspiration for your songs no. from video oh. games? Um, not much. Uh, something about what did I say in Jane Adams? I say on the couch playing Madden. I don't. I don't really play Madden. I played Madden maybe once when I was eleven years old. Yeah, I played FIFA more than I played Madden. You guys, I'm a true fraud. Um, um no. And then aside from inspiration, you may have drawn. Just what are your favorite video games? Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro um, Skater I 1 and 2. That's really all I know. That's all I can speak on from an informed opinion, you know? I I don't know of anything like a video game that's inspired me musically that I can really think of. I, oh, I, dude, I, you did that one uh, Mario cr- beat that was pretty rad. Yeah, and then I did, uh, I said Crash Like Bandicoot in an old thing. We're not really big video game players. I went to the arcade with my girlfriend yesterday, and we played. There's this like physical table, uh, one-on-one pong thing. Mm-hmm. That's like the coolest thing ever. Coolest thing ever. If I ever. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> I'm short. <laughs> you can feel like every step backwards, one at a time, like from the <laughs> the forward trajectory of the story, going back into uh, Seinfeld references or Dirty Work references. <laughs> No, but if I ever ran into a, a a nice sum of money, I would buy one of these pong tables in a in a heartbeat. It's so cool. Just watching it maneuver is mesmerizing. Uh, but yeah, all I play when I go to an arcade is like that, or I go straight to the, the Galaga. Galaga. Pac-Man Galaga. I, I was you. crushing it on Galaga last night. High score. Um, I'm a big Galaga guy, but. And then, you know, when it comes to, like, playing a video game on my roommate's console or, like, in a living room, 
we we go Tony Hawk, and that's really about it. Damn. Although, so you can play like the new Tony Hawk at your crib. No, only oh, when okay. I hang out with Taggy on right. Saturdays. I'm going to uh, get a PlayStation just to play that. <laughs> what you should also play, and me and Taggy were playing it last week, and I've been playing it with my roommates too. Is this this game called Rocket League? Is the shit, dude? It is like my new. Uh, at, le- at least if it's a phase, then I'm in that phase. I'm in the Rocket League phase. Uh, it's basically soccer with cars. Like you're a car, and there's a big <laughs> giant ball in the middle, Fuck and then yeah. each side has a big goal, and you're just like demolition, like crashing your cars into each other. Do you have a steering wheel plug-in like I used to have in my N64, like for cruising USA? You have like the actual. Now, I'm sure you could, and that would be probably way more badass. But you just use the the joystick toggles. Uh, it's so much fun, dude. And then you you join like a team of either two or three, and then you play people online. Me and Taggy were dominating. Fuck! All right, didn't lose a single next game. Time. Here's that thing. It's, so uh, it's called Four Ways to Play. Check it out. Yo. Super smash with my brothers Back of my bumper Like Bandicoot No With a pan a whole act to learn you did Playing Mario Kart, yo, there's four ways to play. I choose battling versus. I'm a passionate person, writing raps and rehearsing. Not a cat in the battle versus. Those are the level or like the options to play the game options, rap options as well. What's up? Welcome step to me. I'm both tight and dope and quite striking with the lightning bolt. Got so like the Bee Gees, Toad and Luigi getting mad at how I make this like the his friends who he came up with, and they'd be like. So he came to the studio, he put on this song, and he's like, uh, you know, he put on his song, Pimpin'. And then, and then he's like, that's me. I'm like, that's you? Yo, this is dope. Like, it was so <laughs> whack. The song that they were talking about was such trash. And they're like, I couldn't believe it was him. You think Takashi's crew would like my Mario song? Maybe. Mm-hmm. It's only one like way to find out. Four ways to play, but one way to find out. Um, what else you got? Anything? Or I'm hit. Uh, you did say about something you said in Jane Adams. You, you said the Madden line. Mm-hmm. This guy says in Jane Adams, Axe says pack an F gooey in the back of a black ruby. It's probably a dumb question, but what's a black ruby? It's not a dumb question. It's definitely one of those things that I like was looking for rhymes. I believe you. You can fact check me. It's a car. It might be a. Um, a Bentley or a Rolls Royce or one of those like really, you know, high upper class. What is it? Also a fish. Uh, I, I thought it was like DC, a really. Uh, the DC Black Ruby Rolls Royce Coupe. Yeah, it's a it's a double R and a double R with a double cup, double parked did the double U. Reportedly made for an Indian Maharaj. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I was, like, I was looking up like expensive cars to, to rhyme F gooey with. I'm like, what could I be smoking in? You know? And then I found that, and that was good enough for me. Off to the races. 
The Maharaja is apparently already bored of DC's design and has offered this unique Rolls Royce up for sale for a staggering $1.2 million. Yeah, fancy car. Uh, it combines the grill of a Rolls Royce with the shape of a Nissan Z, packing exotic style scissor doors. Personally, I am not much pleased with the end result, says the guy who wrote this. <laughs> oh, this guy didn't like it. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. I have a question that I think relates to my lyrics as well. Sup, nerd. Uh, I got one question in particular for Acumental. Uh, on Hall of Famers, when your voice, your, your, your verse is cut off at the end, uh, is there like a rest to it? Like, like do you keep Figure going out, or bro. did you really just like stop right there? Choose your own ending. Fill in That's the gap. All. What were you going to say? Fingernail? Um, what I said something about a thumbnail. Oh, uh, swisher, cut the grape swisher. Oh yeah, shape shifter, all that. That was the scheme. Um, and then I say, uh, uh, uh what's the last part? <laughs> thumbnail, hey, uh, put the grape. Now, what's the part before that though? I don't know. Oh, uh, what call the plays like? like I'm Frank Gifford. Uh, call it, right, like call him plays. Uh, yeah, like I'm Frank Gifford. That's not a bad rhyme. Uh, and the rhyme there, sir, is grape swisher, as in a swisher sweet cigar. Uh, that was the, uh, you kind of you got to figure that one out on your own there. I think the, the static outro was just sort of like uh, do something different. And also, how do we get, like, how do we cut off this uh, this narrative and get back to the voiceover of the newscast, you know? Like, that's right. kind of like we switching. Get- we started with, like, some, some breaking news, like, kind of like turning into that channel uh, uh over and uh <laughs> we had to sift through the super callies and the um just got home from the strip club now i got a blunt and some champ and i'm yellowing i'm yellowing <laughs> uh you but know. yeah it's grape swisher spoiler alert um, secrets out Lewis says, I would love to hear you guys talk of some of your favorite use of samples or great songs you found from samples. Damn. I, I, honestly, that's such a hard, that's one of those really hard ones to catalog through all those, those moments I, of finding something. It is. Um, and I always have one uh, specifically that stands out for me is um, on a, an album that I recommended a few weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago, Erica Badu's New America Part 2, Return of the Ankh. Yeah. Uh, there's the song Get Gone Money. Baby. Gone Baby Gone. Gone don't Baby be Don't Be Long. Um, samples, uh, Paul McCartney's right. Arrow Through Me. Couldn't have done a worse thing to me yep. if you'd have taken an arrow and put it right through me. Ooh. Yeah, uh, a, an outstanding Paul McCartney song that I would not know of if it weren't for Erica Badu and me just liking the sample and looking it up. There's a couple websites where you can look up the samples on anything. Yep. Um, yeah, that's definitely a good example. A lot of times I'm like the, um, 
especially when I was younger, it's like uh, I, I found out a lot of movie stuff through those. That's when we would like sample movies like Stony Broke or something. And like we have the, the intro outro. Yeah. Like I loved that as far as like inclusion of or when it was done well in hip hop songs. And I'm failing to find like a good example off the top of my head right now. But I mean, artists have been doing that for fucking decades and like pulling pieces of all sorts of shit, uh, music, movies and otherwise pop culture references, whatever. Uh, and you know, we're big on the references, whether it's something we sample like, like Pontypool in painting pictures in context or all these movie references, whether it's in our lyrics or, uh, in the hall of famers video, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. making reference to things subtly, uh, is a part of what we do and like a part of, um, I don't know good hip-hop stuff and I've, I've found a lot of that like i've become a fan of other things by hearing someone rap about it or by hearing a movie sample and then like i want to like see what that's from um yeah so i wish i had like a better answer but yes uh sampling is definitely like influence yeah. does and we have we have favorites and it's just one of those fucking- i know it's happened for me um i'm trying to think though and it's hard off the top uh, but like for songs that we've made that I would have hoped. So we put out like uh, years ago, uh, Blind Moles. And in it, we sample Kirk yeah. Douglas in uh, Pride and Glory, the Stanley Kubrick film. There are times where I'm embarrassed to be a member of the human race. And this is one such occasion. Yeah. Uh, and I would love... And it's probably true if there's you know some guy out there buying vinyls of everything I recommend on here. Uh, I would love it if somebody ever like heard Blind Moles and that quote stuck out to them, that they Googled it and then they found the source of it and then they were like interested and they watched Pride and Glory. I think it's, that would, that's that would not be, it's not impossible. Like there's a likelihood because I'm saying not. that's that's what I would do. Like whether yes. I find it organically or search for it because I'm like that. That sounds familiar. That rings a bell. What is that? And then next thing you know, you want to go like, you know, watch that movie and then watch the dude's next movie or something. And now you're finding your own fucking references that was spawned from some listening to someone else reference something. Um, but sample wise, I don't know, man. I, I spent a lot of time in like my teen years in my mom's basement. That was a, a long time ago, unfortunately. But uh, that's when I would like listen to a lot of vinyl myself. I had uh, my friend Zach would keep his turntables at my house with a bunch of records for a period of time. And I just sat, I would like do homework just sitting and listening to Gil Scott Heron albums and stuff. And then, um, I would catch a lot of like samples I'd heard in hip hop stuff, listening to funk music on vinyl right. in my basement. But this is like 15 years ago and I don't fucking remember every, every record that, uh, went like under the, the first needle. Time, uh, you hear rise by Herb Alpert. Who's, who's it's the song that Biggie's hypnotize samples, you mm. know, First time you hear a song like that and you just have that little light above your head of like, oh shit, this is the baseline I've heard like my whole life just in a different context. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. And I wish we had like a better answer for it. It might be something that comes up more uh, over time. But um, it happened to me like a couple of weeks ago. I was listening to music on Spotify that was just like playing at random after I had already listened to what I picked. And they, and it brought up a song that is sampled in uh, "Since I Left You." Yeah, I found the world so new. Avalanches, uh, the avalanches, not the "Since I Left You" lyric, but the music behind it and shit. I, you know, but I can't remember who the artist was and what the song was. Um, and then this person also says, 
would love to hear about your few interactions with EOM. I feel like we had so few interactions with EOM that we've kind of talked about them all. Yeah, we could do like speed round. First time was 2012. We went and we went to LA for the first time, played a couple shows, did this cool ranch party show, met the maker music folks. I guess this isn't going to be a speed round. I'm already into the fucking weeds on these details. Um, but Wax let us, uh, Wax and EOM were living together at the time. Uh, and they let us crash for one or two nights. I know one of those nights, we walked to 7-Eleven, bought a 24 case of Bud Light, and we all proceeded to drink a lot of beer. I, I was it's fingerboarding. In real big TPS reports video. Yeah. Um, fingerboarding uh, on Wax's microwave and doing, you know, like ollieing up to nose grind on the microwave and shit. And I remember him like, like drunk, end of the night, like... Uh, it was like I had pride in that moment because I was like blowing his mind. Like he'd never seen anybody actually like without using their thumb and picking it up, like do fingerboard tricks. And he was like, holy shit, man. Like I've never, I didn't know you could actually do real stuff with that. So I was and just this like, was oh, let me do tail slide big spin. Let me get your fucking mind rocked. This was long before <laughs> our use of actual fingerboards and you were most definitely using just a tech. I would fucking blow his head off his shoulders uh, with my skills now. <laughs> Uh, he also you took a poop. That was fun. You took a poop, and he commented how it didn't stink in the bathroom. Yeah, that was 25. a different time. That was when we played in Baltimore. <laughs> I was still on the Bud Light night, where uh, I also woke. I was sleeping on Wax's couch, and then I woke up in the middle of the night, drunken idiot, and puked. And I went and puked. And I was like, I was so self conscious because I didn't want to wake up Wax and EOM. I had like so much respect right. for them as artists and just gratitude for them letting us crash and i was just like don't be the guy who's a total mess who's now they they fall asleep and got to hear and shit and i was just like such a such a rube such an amateur but we right. did a, we did enjoy our our la stay there that was the that was the first hang um with uh wax and eom yeah that, we were essentially strangers um yeah that was very cool of uh, them to let us stay too. Let's not. We didn't have a, a report like we might have. We're kind of like you know pallies now. We've we've played shows together. We've done things since then. At the time, it was legitimately like a, a DM. Like hey, like we were those dudes who did that silk purse video that you shared. Like we're big fans. We just we're coming to LA. We'd love to like hang out or you know grab lunch yeah. or whatever you want to do. And like if, if we could. If we could, we're looking for places to crash. Like he just, you know, we put him on the spot and he was pretty gracious. So that was dope. And then, yes, this was another time later, 2016 on the um, Cookout Chronicles tour, the Baltimore show, which if you're Wax and EOM fans, you know, Baltimore is a stomping ground. Uh, so they got a lot yeah, of like friends, like family. Homecoming, homecoming show experience. So we got to uh share with both wax and eom and hang yeah. out all night grilled lincoln's you know got to meet some other like musician homies of theirs that they had worked with and we actually had played last year uh no this year they were who we played with in baltimore in february before all the crazy shit it's um, the last concert that i saw before everything got shut down yeah, and, and it rocked <laughs> i didn't realize it in the moment because nobody knows you know what's what's around the corner uh but I'm thankful that I got down as much as I did at that show. I was boogieing my ass off. Uh, Grilled licking his kick ass. Yeah, it was dope. I think we slapped a sticker on dude's uh, congas. Conga drums. (coughs) Covered in stickers. Anyways, 
uh, uninteresting details. Uh, EOM was the DJ for Wax's uh, set, that headlining set in 2016 in Baltimore. Um, so we got to like, we were hanging uh, like merch table and, and green room with him where, yes, I took a shit in the green room. And I always preface like they say like, oh, this guy walks around like a shit don't stink. It's like, but yo, I earned it. Like, <laughs> it doesn't. Um, yeah, I have like uh, people have gotten mad at me because like, you know, it's not fair that my farts don't smell atrocious like theirs and they don't have, you know. People are self-conscious because they got smelly assholes and mine's clean. So, but anyways, I was like, I told him like, you stuff a bunch of dryer sheets up your ass. (laughs) Yeah. And then I pull them out like a a magician with canker chiefs tied together. (laughs) Brown one, white one. You're walking around with, uh, like a human zoob tube. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, I took a shit and I even said, cause, cause he was saying like, yo, like, I got to use that after you, like, so Febreze or some shit, like, and I was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow it up like that. And he's like, yo, seriously, though, like, I, I don't know. I think Light he really didn't want to smell anyone else's shit. And then I like, I'm pretty sure I didn't Febreze just as a like stubborn. I'm like, I'm going to show you. And then he went in there to inspect. He's like, there's no way you didn't Febreze. And it, it doesn't smell like shit. And then he goes in and I, he walks out with like that and like a nod of like, like, huh? It's unbelievable. Like he blew his mind. Whether it's fingerboarding or my lack of shit smell, I impressed this man. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that was actually yeah. a really fun show, and I remember just kind of uh, sharing time. You know, I'm standing at the merch table during the opener sets and all the other shit. Wax has like family in the house and homies and stuff like that, so we're kind of giving him all the freedom of here. You, you know, we'll stay out of the green room for a while, and uh, you know, you're in your old hometown, so. Uh, yeah, kind of just that, that's the memory in my head was chopping it up with E at the merch table for a while, just talking shit. And, um, uh, when it was Wax's set, yeah, kind of being on stage shooting video, there's, there's footage of that in one of the TPS reports for sure. Uh, just kind of over E's shoulder as he's DJing. And then at the end of the night, Wax like freestyled with fans and some kid came up on his skateboard and was rolling around. I remember it just being like, the set was over. He already did like three encores for his hometown people. And then he did like just 10 minutes of like, I don't want to leave yet. So, you know, but let's just come up on stage. We'll, I'll pass the mic around. We'll fucking, we'll skate. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was very cool. Very cool experience. And then obviously we shot a uh, Hollyweird and EOM was, uh, holding the cinematographer. camera for, yes. for that video shoot, which goes back to that first LA trip in 2012. But, uh, those are those two instances. I feel like there might have been maybe one more squeezed in there we're forgetting about, but those are the big two. Right. And we've talked before. I think we've we've probably even told these stories before and yeah. just talked on how, like, you know, we felt like we took that relationship for granted. Uh, we were obviously, like most people, unaware of his medical uh, condition. I remember and- learning about it on that tour, but it didn't, um, I, I didn't take that information as, uh, like as serious as it eventually no, became. There was never even, there was never an inkling, uh, that any of our interactions with him might've been the last. Exactly. Just like know? the fucking, uh, the show with the grilled Lincolns, not knowing you gotta just yes. look back at like, well, at least we enjoyed that time as well as we did. Cause, uh, you know, who knows if you'd ever get another one in this case, we don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was fucking awesome. And he's an incredible beat maker. We've said it a, a few times on the podcast, but we, we have an EOM beat that he gave us eight years ago. That, that first time we like, that was like a networking trip and he was cool and let us 
pick something from his stash to this day. Haven't used it. I still sit down with that like as recently as in the last month and, and try and sit and think with that beat. And it's just like, uh, got to be patient. Got to do it right. Don't want to just rush some fucking uninspired slop out, especially the way my creativity is going right now. <laughs> I should back burner that again until the time is right. Yeah. EOM, nice guy, mad beats. Yep. And you know what? Underrated rapper, too. He's got some fun True. songs where he spits verses and he's got a fun voice. Um, anyways, let's do uh, maybe one or two more here and wrap it up. I would like to propose that the two of you have an armpit fart war. Whoever can make the loudest armpit fart wins. Whatever, whatever they win, that's up to you. <laughs> Thank you for the fun. Reward yourself. Uh, well, here's the thing. I used to be like, a, as a kid, th- this was like what I prided myself on before I had real talent. You know, never could do it. I could do it uh, with my with under my knees, dude. I could do it with like my fucking knee elbows. Uh, is that like only under your e- knees, or no. you were so good at the elbows that you could even do it under uh, your knees? under the under the you know in the armpit? I got so good, I branched out to other parts armpit. of the body. Yeah, Elbow. and like I could here's my hands together, like just holding my hands, like <laughs> squeaker. I can just do the palm squeak. I think the armpit hair, like I'm a hairy guy, so I don't think you're gonna get any audio. I'll try the pit right now, dude. Try it, but I got some. Some palm queefs. Can't get the mic uh, near it. Here. You gotta pop the shirt off. Hey, that was Pit. <laughs> <laughs> They're not loud. They're squeakers. But what do you got? Let's go. What do you got? Nothing? Yeah, nothing. You got oh, nothing. So right what now, does the winner so get? We gotta decide because I win. Here you go. Uh, but yeah, I've like never been able to do this. I'll try. Victory lap. Ugh. It's like hurting trying to get the mic between my legs. <laughs> Ow. There we go. Still got it, baby. Are you hearing you, this? You have no grace. You're just slapping your arm fat down. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta squeeze it and arc it, <laughs> angle it. Finagle this. Oh, you froze. Your armpit fart attempt froze the mic. There we go. Now you're back. All right, well. You're still froze for me. Yeah, uh, all I accomplished is now my hand stinks of BO. <laughs> my hand smells like shit, dude. I wish you could smell my hand right now. Oh my god, dude, it's bad. It smells like uh, between like your scrotum and your thigh. Uh, all of the stink that was meant for your shit just secretes out of your pits before it gets here. <laughs> now I gotta touch like my my laptop and the the soundboard with this hand. Great. Shits don't stink, but your pits could kill. Here's something. Let's do this, and then there's a couple others. We'll just save them. Yo, what up, Squares? Yo, turn on uh, dip. You say uh, my father down at the bottom lounge, rocked oh, out, yeah. and awful proud of the path I chose. I was just wondering, have you guys ever played the bottom lounge? And if so, did your dad come and you know shed a tear? Let me know. <laughs> yeah, we played the bottom lounge opening for uh, Virtuosos, Mickey Avalon, and Dirt Nasty. I, it, there must have been another time, but we we have played there. My dad did not attend. My dad really rarely attends our live shows. I know he was at the Halloween show last year. I remember saying hello to him at that. Uh, that was one of the few occasions where I knew that it was going to be a good one, and I was like, 
I want you to here to see your boy. Are you more reserved with the shows that you would encourage your dad to attend versus ones you might encourage your mom or other friends and family? Because your dad no. is like has played these venues and is a musician, and you do a, such an opposite type of music. Are you any more like or any less secure about him like seeing what you do, or would you be cool if he came to every show? We just talked last week about being insecure rappers, you know. No, no. My dad uh, totally knows what it's like to play for 10 people, so I, I wouldn't care about inviting him to a show where I knew that was going to be the outcome. Yeah. Uh, I invite him to a lot of our shows. It just doesn't come pretty often. <laughs> I'm being honest. I always knew I was different, and now I know why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're mad at your dad, not me. <laughs> Uh, no, but like I, I've never held that against him. I totally get that what we do is not my dad's cup of tea. Yeah. And the fact that I'm his son is only going to compensate for his not enjoying what he's watching for so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in terms dad, not a huge TPS fan. But he is awful proud of the path I chose. And yeah, the whole point of that line is that like I'm – I'm following in my dad's footsteps. I'm playing the venues that he used to play. Uh, I'm just doing it a little differently. Yeah. Um, well, there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening, everybody. TPS Reports, podcast number 174. Four? Four. Nice. Perhaps too many of these. Um, TPS Reports podcast at gmail.com. Write in. What's the most legendary like part of a song? Like, everybody knows it. Legendary music. Or whatever you want. Like, uh, like, uh, I'm the, what do you call it when, when it goes from, like, scales? I guess scales. I'm the piano scale at the beginning of old-time rock and roll. thought you were going to say old-time road. Oh, fine. Old-time uh, road. I'm Tom Cruise sliding across the floor in his underpants. Exactly. Stuff like this. It can go beyond music, you guys. Legendary shit. Um, speaking of legendary shit, uh, listen to the Palmer Squares on Spotify, you guys. Shit's legendary. Music is legendary. I'm legendary. Uh, we did... I, I got an email over the weekend that was from our um, like distributor where we put our music out. And they added a feature. I don't know if, if you've ever like, been listening to something on Spotify and you notice that like there's a video now there's like a loop of some piece of music video really annoying and pointless well, I, well there's a bunch of them on our music now so uh, <laughs> I add, we You're like they, they extended that feature they extended that feature to something that like you know that, that we could do now so I added uh, a bunch of those this is just an excuse to tell people to go listen to our music some more we have so many videos um it's just like it was easy to just fucking now, now that they offer the feature uh we can do that with all of those in fact that was an idea that goes back a couple of years to when we put out this was a fan requested thing the um the one takes like people wanted to be able to stream mc showcase and all those like ciphers uh from the youtube days because we never put them out anywhere except youtube so we did a thing a couple of years ago released them all on spotify Every single one of those ha comes from a video. And when we put that shit on Spotify, we're like, well, this isn't like a real album or anything, but it would be cool if we could do as much as we could with it. And I was like, does Spotify, you know, two years ago, I'm like, did, did they have a way to link to the videos yet? Like, 
because we could do that for every single track. And this isn't the same, but it was like I did enjoy adding them. My and like I looked at all three: take one, take two, take three, and they're one hundred percent like have coverage you know for it's not right. like those are going to be big streams no nobody's really listening to those versus our albums and stuff but uh I think i'm psyched are, about actually. it uh yeah you can see there's some some surprised me dude like like spit take and some verses like a right, lot more than right um but some people that's that's the only file that exists that's the only recording of it so if you like those raps and shit that's that's what you listen to uh but yeah, some of them, because as soon as I click on the track to upload the little video loop, it shows me like the stream count. On, and I haven't looked at that ever, really. So some, I'd be like, yeah, this makes sense. There's like not a lot of streams on this. And then some were like, damn, I guess people like this one. But uh, so go listen to our Spotify. Go look at the loops. They're not going to add much. According to uh, Spotify's beta testing of the feature and shit, it does like encourage retention or people listen to more shit because of it. People like looking at flashy, loopy shit. So go look at some on our page and make us some some revenue. Uh, <laughs> what else? Oh shit! Let's read a couple of these last YouTube comments. As long as we're sharing fan feedback, consistently and consistent video. Still here, 2020. This piece of art takes me back to the good days of sitting in class, headphones in. Life so easy back then. Mm. Yeah, that shit takes me back as well. We were so green uh, to like shooting videos at yeah. that point true i don't really remember the crew but i remember that day and i remember the whole process of trying to get the lights uh they like attached led lighting to the inside of my hood and i remember that was like very tricky i, I just looked at this video the other day as i added a loop to the spotify track what's up check it out streaming now um but yeah, that was like uh, the the leaders of that crew um, was uh, was like the Flow Motion, you know, Josh. Oh, that yeah. they were part of that team. It was a bigger team that we didn't work with all of moving forward. But yeah, they went on to do uh, Paralyzed and Woken and never had nothing and, and other stuff. That was those. That was the first thing right. we did with those guys. It was a college project for one or all of them. Anyways, um, that's so. a, a like a little. T- word of advice to aspiring musicians or guys who are, you know, trying to do what we do, trying to make videos, trying to do whatever, uh, um, get college students to direct your videos because they have a bunch of resources at their hands for free. And they, they usually have assignments that they need like subjects for, which we play. They had to make some sort of video uh, and we ended up working together to get something out of it too. You'll find because they're like, they're young, they're hungrier, they're trying to build a portfolio for when they're out of college and everything. And so they, they really like do good work. Yeah, they put like hella effort into it. Whereas like some professional videographer who might be going through the motions with your video, you know, might kind of like half ass it or whatever. Yeah. Um, Halloween live scream. Thank you for this. Uh, no foam in the cup video. Cracked a Heffenweizen and decided this was the soundtrack. Uh, boost the levels, which I believe just turned like eight or nine years old or is about to. Uh, old ass video. Uh, this guy says, they just don't know. Uh, same guy, no, same video. No, same guy, same video. Call it the perks of wisdom. Uh, Rohypnol, comment. Wait, call it the perks of wisdom. Call it. This is my line. Yes, it is. Perfect vision. 
a work of fiction, something like Fuck. that. I, I don't know, dude. Uh, it's your fucking rap. Uh, Rohypnol, straight up, straight up. What did you hope to learn about? What did you hope to learn about? Uh, <laughs> word video, love from Cleveland. Been listening to y'all since Spooky Language. Word video again. P-squares are so sick. Wish they would get what they deserve. Hmm, what's that? My, my <laughs> yeah, prize like for a, the armpit contest? <laughs> a bullet in the head? <laughs> uh, live scream, term harmonizing perfectly with through the mask is amazing. That's like the... Uh, Talented dude. That's like, that's like the words that got... Shade busted for trying to kill Takashi Six Nine. Like uh, he gonna get what he deserves. And then uh, Rohypnol video again. I legit cannot get enough of this track. Thanks, Andrew. If that is your real so, name, play uh, it back. Play it again. Yeah, run Same. it up, bro. Um, Wowie vinyl sale. BishopRecords.com. Uh, this Friday through Sunday at midnight. Uh, we're gonna do a five dollar off sale, so twenty bucks. Twenty bucks for one of these records. Get yourself one. Get somebody else one. Get more than one. Uh, Patreon.com slash Palmer Squares. Um, also more voicemails. 708-797-3079. Call in. Uh, write in, do your thing. Um, spookylanguage.com slash shop too. Yes. Hmm, yes um, nice, nice. Spookylanguage.com slash shop. This Friday, uh, the good, the god damn it, the most important part. Hold on, you're frozen. Hold on, we're really gonna go out with a bang. Gunshot, dude. All right, you guys, uh, what term was gonna say is that the good note. <laughs> Half die with or without it hoodies are going to be on sale at spookylanguage.com slash shop. That's right, folks. Spookylanguage.com slash shop. Mother of fuck, where did he go? All right, um, I'm back. Okay, he's back. <laughs> uh, so we were telling the folks the Good Note hoodies coming out uh, this Friday, right? Um, yes. We're going to have the website up, right? Uh, <laughs> Black Friday. Um, so in addition to the- Why the Friday got to be black now? Into the vinyl sale, we're going to put these um, limited hoodies. Again, one of a kind. Uh, each is a custom die from Good Note. They look, you've seen them. We'll share another photo and stuff. Yeah, we actually got to do that. We got to fucking promote this a little bit. Maybe share some fucking uh, photography. Those, those pictures we took this week or something. Definitely. By the time this, Grab this comes out, uh, we will have shared. Um, the yeah, stock is limited. And also, just personal note uh, of taking the photos in one, like... Maybe I don't know if this is me putting on weight, but they're a little snug. They are snug. A little for snug. Sure. So take that note uh, with you. Feel you know, take it or leave it. But if you normally wear a medium and you're a little worried because you put on a few quarantine pounds too, uh, maybe go with a large. They definitely uh, they're super dope, but they they seem a little you know like true to size, right? So just right. take that into consideration if you're going to get one. If you're if you're like me and you like your sweaters baggy, I would yeah. I would Term only wears like XL and double XL, but he's he's a large max, you know. Um, but yeah, get yourself a hoodie, get yourself a vinyl, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and then again, fan mail. We'll check some of that out in a couple weeks when Term is back in town. The Palmer Squares, you can PO box two five six two seven Chicago Illinois six zero six two five. And besides that, 
Uh, Smoochie Gang playlist on Spotify. Check it out for all the ending outro TPS Reports podcast music. This week, we'll uh, do something. Uh, oh, what's up? And Terms Album of the Week playlist Don't on forget. Spotify as well. All re- highly recommended lined up there. Yeah, we like put links to this, songs now. to these uh, playlists in the podcast description. So wherever you're listening, click it. Check right. it out. Listen to this fucking uh, these albums over here. Yeah, uh, Eddie Hazel, Dames, Games, Guitar Things. Check it out. Owl Green featuring Amplify. This is Kickback. So let's all do just that, shall we? And we'll see you next week on the TPS Reports podcast. Smooches. Kick it! <laughs> Smooches. Whitey. Smooches. I don't want to do Nathan. Life's testing my patience. I need to relax. Bring it back to the basics. Post it up at the crib, crib. I ain't doing no business. Shorty up in the kitchen. Fried chicken and biscuits. Yeah, smoking Kush, tangerine LaCroix. Gushes got my game, boy. Keep it simple, keep it poised. I ain't one for all that noise. Trying to stack a little coin, you see. Chilling at the crib, getting real good at quarantine. Yeah, I keep it lit on my spot. 2K on the Xbox. Dancing in some doo-wop. Burping with a few rocks, uh. Tequila shots, fresh lime joints lit Moonlight, unwind, let's vibe, uh, Posted, chillin', hangin', marinatin' It don't really matter how you say it, no, no Long as you take care of yourself, eh Hey me, if you need a little help Just wanna kick back, relax Slow it all down when it's moving too fast Mess is you and I. Who'd have thought we'd be stuck inside? Yeah, I was moving at the speed of light. Now it's coffee loving fucking day and night. Yeah, baby, your love is my vaccine. High if you're cooking in caffeine. Tripping to heaven, we live in the moment. No, baby, your vibe is my taxi. I'm living it up in your backseat. Dancing with you in the living room. Watching movies on a flat screen. Vinyl running like a track team. Singing songs when we pass weed. Yo, I'm rolling, yeah. Kicking back, feeling my eye. Thinking about life while I look to the sky. Water my flowers, forget about time. Clearing my mind, away from the grind, yeah. Don't you know I'ma hold you down? Got nowhere else to be right now, yeah Posted, chillin', hangin', marinatin' It don't really matter how you say it, no, no Long as you take care of yourself, eh And me, if you need a little help Just wanna kick back, relax Slow it all down when it's moving too fast
uh, I like COVID and I like that people are dying. 